0: There are many wonderful people adding to the positive outlook of a backcountry and hunting lifestyle. Our goal is to join them in promoting that outlook. Welcome to the Backcountry Dreaming Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and tactics of our outdoor pursuits.
1: Welcome back to the Backcountry Dreaming Podcast. This is Joe. Tonight we got a kind of fun podcast going. Uh, It was about a year ago when we recorded with this gentleman. And it's me and Chad sitting here with him tonight in Chad's basement. And it's a Friday night. It is not too late yet, but it's beer 30, so (laughs) we'll see how she goes. But... (laughs) We got Aaron High Bison here. Did I get it right this time? You're close. <laughs> hey, hey Bison! <laughs> hey Bison! Hey, <laughs> like, right. hey like hey like
0: straw. Bison like buffalo. There we go. From
1: Minnesota BHA. He was on. Like I said last year, we talked a little bit of BHA stuff, turkeys, and we also had a little rant at the end, so that was fun. But this year, we're going to try to keep the train on the track,
0: So <laughs> Let's see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see. So how you no been, problem, Aaron? Says. I'm good, man. How are you? Good. How was your year? How would you have? How was your fall? I should say it was good. It went, uh, it went fast. I mean, it was just one thing after another between some work stuff and different hunting trips. I was trying to be pretty open to, you know, if someone invited me to do something, whether I had a tag or not, I was going to try it out. Yeah. So uh-huh. I got a good chance to, to see and do a lot of new things. Like I said, whether it was a tag in my pocket or not. So that made yeah. it fun. I didn't, didn't kill a deer this year, but, um, like i said i got a lot of experience so hopefully that'll bode well in the future
1: you get to play around with birds a little bit this year i did get
0: to play around with birds a little bit that was my first dive into (laughs) dive into ducks this year so that was a lot of fun that was super cool
1: Yeah, it looked like you really enjoyed yourself and yeah the trip you got to take that is colorado elk hunting and it looked like you guys had a blast it looked like a fun trip and looked like you learned a lot which is important for sure yeah was that your uh, first
2: one
0: yeah, oh, so okay. uh, a friend of mine that I had met through BHA, he was actually a BHA staffer, is a BHA staffer. His name's Tim Brass. He works out of Colorado, and he's originally from Stillwater. And oh, yeah. so that's we right. met over Thanksgiving, and we were just kind of talking, and I said, hey, I'd really like to join somebody on an elk hunt before I go out and don't know what I'm doing, and I waste a bunch of money yeah. just being lost out there not knowing what to do. So uh, That's actually, he said, sorry to cut you off, but that's a really good way to do it. I feel like, because if you're
1: sitting back and you're not active in, like as active, I should say, you're active in it, obviously. But if you're not sitting there trying to chase after an animal on your own, I feel like you're going to take in a lot
0: more. Right. Yeah. I knew that I didn't really know what I was doing. So I said, I'm happy to be a pack mule and just kind of be a fly on the wall and watch how he calls and watch how aggressive or not. Yeah. You know, I, I know how to call turkeys and I know how to try and sit still in a whitetail stand. <laughs> But how aggressive do I be with an elk? When do we stock? You know, when do we sit and wait mm-hmm. and try and draw them to us kind of stuff? And it helped him to have somebody else there to pack with. So yep. uh, we were in a unit that he had been putting in for, for, this was his eighth year. And it was a, I mean, total trophy coveted unit in the San Juan Mountains in Southern Colorado. Nice. And, Uh, This was the first year that he potentially could have drawn as a resident. So, as a resident, it took him 18 or excuse me, eight years to draw. Uh, As a non resident, it would have taken me. Fourteen years to even have a chance at drawing that tag, oh
1: which is goodness. funny because non-residents draw more of those tags than residents right. do in well, I mean, <laughs> we, so that's we saw, a Great problem.
0: We saw two <laughs> other groups in this whole unit, which was I think three hundred thousand acres, wow. and one group was from Wisconsin and one was from West Virginia, and <laughs> it was you like kidding yeah, me. Yeah, Colorado's got a big problem right now. What? <laughs> they're changing their
1: they're changing their tag system because of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. you could tell that like these guys had been putting in in those units like. Those dudes had an easy 20 years on yeah. me and they'd probably been putting in for that whole, you know, span or one buddy would put in and the next would put in the mm-hmm. next year and they just kind of flip-flop and yep. always have some some skin in the game. Yeah. So, whenever somebody drew, the other would go out and they're, I mean, but their plan was they were staying out there from day one, scouting it out even two weeks ahead of time and staying this whole, you know, six weeks of the season or whatever until they got it done, which makes sense. I mean, if you're going to put in for 14 years, you're going to do everything you can to be out there. You might as well, yeah. So, that was really cool to go out there and do that. And then this year, um, I, with a little bit of experience now, I put in for a tag and I drew my first elk tag, I guess. Put in for an over-the-counter tag in uh, Idaho. Oh, nice. So I've got the got the Idaho tag. You had to draw uh, or had to apply for it at midnight on December first. Yep. But that's midnight Idaho time. Yeah. So it was one Our o'clock, <laughs> one o'clock on here, <laughs> and I was sitting, you know, basically hitting enter at the ready at one a.m. in Minnesota, and it was two thirty when I finally got entered through because you know, the internet kept, yeah. kept getting reset. So Dude. you know <laughs> Idaho's
1: another one. They're changing their stuff si- <laughs> next year. They got a big an plan. hour and
0: a half and six bush lights later, the, uh, <laughs> the tag finally got checked out. Good. So we creep. got the tags. It was, there's four of us going to, nice. uh, to this spot in Idaho. So I'm super stoked. This'll I know what you're time. talking
1: about. We can talk a little bit afterwards. Yeah,
0: no, <laughs> yeah. for sure. I'll, I'll keep it a secret for now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really
1: cool. And that's cool that you're pursuing it this coming year and you're sticking to it because I think that's a big thing. I think a lot of people do go out and either get overwhelmed or say i'm going to come back in two years or i'm going to come back every three years and it never happens so it's cool that you're sticking to it oh yeah
0: man i mean it it kicked my butt i mean the yeah. first day out there was like 12 miles and the only spot we found elk bugling i went out over labor day weekend and we only found him at twelve thousand feet yeah so we were up really high and did a ton of walking and i was whooped when we yeah. left there
1: they seemed to stay yeah where i was this year they were up high too it was kind of weird it was a weird year but yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm glad you got to go out there. Any big takeaways from it while you're out there?
0: Be willing to get off the trail. Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest thing and that's gonna carry over into anything, whether it's for whitetails here or mule deer in Wyoming. I'm yep. gonna try and do that next year as well. It's the further you can get from people or from roads, the better chance you're gonna have.
1: The problem with that is that trail is a siren song. It'll draw you in when you're tired and weary and it's raining or it's crappy out. You just, all you can think about is, God, if I hit the trail, I'll add a half mile, but I'll cut four hours. In right, this right. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable the difference it makes. It is so nuts.
0: Yeah, nobody accounts for the terrain elevation change and deadfall field. Oh, deadfall is a <laughs> Up, down, up, down, yeah. up, down. I explained it to my wife that at 12,000 feet, I was like doing like a hurdles every 10 yards <laughs> like if you're just climbing over a hurdle on a you know track for for a high school track meet it's probably the most annoying thing in the world too. right when you're going through it because you're like ah the next one's gonna get easier
1: and they don't they not just to mention you're worse.
0: doing it at a 30 degree incline in the dark for two hours with a pack on <laughs> your with back pack at the yeah. first
1: at first light yeah trying to watch a gps or watch your watch at the same it's yeah it's frustrating. I actually showed a guy. I'm taking a new guy out this year, Al Cunning, and I showed him a, a video from last year of a boulder field that me and Rick had to cross, and the boulders were literally the size of Ricky, like wow. literally, this, and we were jumping from boulder to say, hop, boulder. Hop, to get, hopping. It was bad, and my buddy just kind of looked at me, and he's like, what the hell are you doing to me? He's yeah. like, oh, get ready. I just want to make sure you're aware of it. So, Yeah.
0: What about the duck hunting? How did you
1: like? How did that kind of come about for you? Or
0: yeah, so I it was sort of a another BHA kind of thing. The state rendezvous happened in uh, late August okay. and got to talking to a newer member who is now our president of our University of Minnesota BHA club. That's Kyle. His right? name is Kyle Hildebrand. Yep. yep, and Kyle's been an avid waterfowler since I don't know he was in his teens. Yeah, uh, you know, old enough to hunt basically. And, uh, but Kyle's never hunted deer, so I made the mistake of telling Kyle that I was had never waterfall hunted, and he's like, "Okay, I'll I'll get you out with this year. You can come out with me." So a couple of weeks prior to the season, we started talking about it, and Kyle's an ex marine, so he says, "Not you know, ex marine. They're always a marine." That's true. I I think you're right. You're right. That's true. <laughs> uh, former active duty marine. I don't want uh, you to get harassed uh, by people right. after he. Uh, he said, well, Aaron, I don't get beat to the ramp on opening morning. <laughs> I'm like, all right, whatever, hardcore duck hunter. Like, I have elk hunted. I have whitetail hunted. Yeah. What are we talking? Like, 3, 4 in the morning. Like, not that big of a deal. And he's like, I think we should probably be to the ramp at 1230. Him and my brother would get along great. Yeah. Both Marines,
1: <laughs> both. Let's be there at twelve thirty. I'll bring my jet boy. I will be comfy. <laughs> and I was like,
0: "Ooh, twelve thirty. Okay, so half hour of sleep. All right." And uh, which I didn't get anyways because I was too excited. Oh yeah. And we were still the seventh truck to the ramp at twelve thirty. Oh, whoa! That was whoa. nuts. And yeah. Oh yeah. That opening morning it, yeah. on on the Saint Croix was wild. Yeah. But dude, it was so fun. I mean, between that and some just western style goose hunts yeah that just get rowdy yeah, yeah it guys, was a blast you man. guys
1: looked like you had a good season which was awesome to see i mean there's no better way to get thrown to the fire than to have a good season like that because then it's you're probably
0: hooked and now you're going to be broken yeah right i know
1: what was <laughs> kissing, really kissing your wife's butt yeah day, just to right. wake up for one it. more thing that i gotta take <laughs> vacation days <laughs> yeah. for
0: the really cool thing about that uh that season as far as the duck hunting was i mean kyle never asked for anything as far as, you know, boat gas or we yeah. used his decoys and his dogs and his boat. I mean, everything was, he just totally ran the whole show. Yeah. His buddies had the spots, you know, everything. And, but he had never deer hunted. So when it came to be November in Minnesota, um, he signed up for the Minnesota, through the Minnesota DNR, their Learn to Hunt program. Yeah, And I got to be his mentor. Oh, nice. Oh, so awesome. I got to to give back a little bit to him and... I've I've got a, a story written that hopefully uh will be, you know, in a publication a little bit down the road. But yep. um we ended up being able to get Kyle his first year.
1: I saw that that was awesome. So
0: uh that It was a like decent said,
1: buck for a first year. Being too. able
0: to be out on, on public land chunk, uh, with both he and I being BHA advocates yep. in the BHA kind of Minnesota leadership and getting it done, both him teaching me and then me you know, kinda flipping the script and being able to teach him, it was the perfect storm.
1: Yeah, that is you that's rare. Yeah. Usually you teach a guy something and the next thing you know he's at your spot the next day with some other yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well that's awesome, man. That's super cool. And I'm glad you got to get in. To the waterfall thing and see what it's all about and like I said soon enough you'll be broke and
2: right yeah <laughs> have you bought a decoy yet
0: or a, a box uh, of I got some for Christmas oh <laughs> got- so
2: you didn't buy them though no I haven't okay.
0: <laughs> I got a I got a six pack of woodies for Christmas and my oh, dad go. got a six pack of mallards so we'll probably do a little trading okay yeah. <laughs> cause I don't know
2: as soon as you start pulling the trigger on decoys it's a slippery slope let's just stop there that's <laughs> yeah. what I've heard <laughs> don't yeah then you got boats <laughs>
0: that's smart I though to ask for that
2: for christmas mm-hmm. instead of my you going on <laughs> i know it was here, nice so. that i got
0: that you know again first season out of mm-hmm. the way right away so i had a whole bunch of new stuff that i could ask for for christmas yep. otherwise i mean my bow setup is dialed my gun setup yep. is dialed well now i got a whole new thing that yeah. i can dive down oh, into <laughs> it's bad what about uh
1: <clears throat> we should probably cover bha kind of like last year like flyover of last year what was it like for you guys because i know we we talked in the spring about plans and stuff like that and kind of what the goals were for the year and how they turn out then
0: yeah so i think we spoke right before public lands day last year right and so um we had our, our second public lands day um which inevitably seems to fall on the worst weather day in of the season,
1: uh, the first one it was really nice.
0: Uh, that's true. The first one a couple of years ago was great, but we got hit really hard on our day that we were going to be at the Capitol with a terrible storm, and so we didn't have quite the uh attendance that we probably would have hoped. That's but I mean, right there was our, a snowstorm, there was or a total something. blizzard yeah. that day, 15 yeah. yeah. inches or something. Man. It yeah. was terrible. It was just that. like we just oh man, felt like we couldn't win, but yeah. you know, some people still came out. We we made a kind of a goal as a board last year to try and not focus as much on uh, new members necessarily, yeah. but engaging the ones that we had. Yeah, that was a big push for us, and that's another big push for us this year. We really want to engage the people that we already have. Great numbers are awesome, but they're just numbers. Yeah, if you're not doing anything besides just paying your dues, then what good does that really do anything? That's well, not doing I, anything for conservation. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: feel like those are the ones that don't stick around. Exactly. You know, eventually they just stop doing it. That's
0: great to meet somebody at a pint night, but how active are those people going to be yeah. versus somebody that you meet at a trailhead or somebody that you you know meet in the boundary waters or because of some action alert that they're already engaged in on some topic that they're already passionate about
1: from my standpoint i think you guys did a good job of that last year i wasn't involved in a lot of the events last year and years past i was a board member years ago and like and i was way more involved but then the kids get older and get more stuff and so i kind of get out of it but I think last year I was involved in more events than any other year. I helped out with the hike to hunt last year, which was a blast. I mean, yeah. that's where I met Kyle. We, and, we
0: did awesome with hike to hunt yeah. last year. We had really good organized events uh, and tried to have different Pat people kind of leading the them. <laughs> <laughs> Twist around and kiss your own butt that hard. Uh, but uh, no, we did a really good job. Um, and again, engaging people who were not necessarily leadership, that yep. was a perfect opportunity to showcase that. And Yeah,
1: and I think from what I saw, people stepped up. Totally. Like Tom Tom was involved with the uh, – camp cookout one year at like the Minnesota rendezvous. But besides that, he always tried to stay out of the way and hike to hunt. He helped out with that. Yeah. It was of people leading these
0: events. We saw people kind of come out and say, okay, I'll take charge and I'll take this over and, and lead this event. And that really pushed on through, through the summer. And then even into hunting season, we had yeah. people reaching out saying, Hey, I'd like to schedule a hunt, a pheasant hunt, a group BHA pheasant hunt down in Marshall. Yeah. I and that was cool. that'd be an organized BHA event and I think we ended up having like 22 people come out to do a pheasant hunt. They had That's to split awesome. into two groups, and then follow that up uh, event up with a you know normal pint night. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't centered around just the pint night. Yeah. It, there was something else to get people out and and interested, engaged in BHA.
1: Which I thought was really cool, because the, no offense to any of the other conservation organizations, they all have their place and they're all great, you know, for the most part. But um, I've never seen like. Ducks Unlimited or or pheas and I'm um, pheasant I guess pheasants forever probably have done something but like Ducks Unlimited or you know like any like the big game ones or anything like set up like a hunt where it's like hey everybody welcome you know come on out we're gonna go well, hunting today and it's today. tough with
0: depending on your species too oh, it I is mean, but they could all do a pheasant hunt too yeah you know and, and that's and, what made it nice about you know pheasants it was it was a perfect thing for a good group of whether you were new or seasoned person yeah in a great spot to, yeah. to go out and try and meet people. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to sit and be quiet nobody has to bring dogs or decoys or blinds. Yeah. It's just show up and start walking around. Yeah. It's a
1: good social way of hunting for sure. Yep. It's just like duck hunting. Same thing. That's yep. kind of what draws a lot of people in.
0: We did a lot at the, at the national scale. Um, there was Atlanta water conservation fund, um, got reauthorized last year. That was a giant win for yep. conservation across the country. Yeah. Um, there's the, the Recovering America's Wildlife Act that we're actively trying to um, get funded and, and get passed yep. right now. Um, and then obviously, there's, there's always boundary waters things to, to kind of touch on too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's an ongoing thing, it seems like. And um, BHA's stayed steady on that for sure, which is really cool. Um, between BHA and Sportsman's for the Boundary Waters, there's always some update of what's going on for anybody that's maybe not following it that closely or just watching from the corner and social media. So it's nice to be able to see that it's a constant. It's not good that it's a constant issue, but it's nice to see that people are constantly following up with it, I
0: should say. Right, that there's always constantly someone to be you know keeping an eye on whether it's legislation or yep. what's happening. I mean, that's the idea of being a boots on the ground organization is there's always someone's ear to the floor, yeah figuring out what's happening both at the legislature and up in Ely or, you know, wherever the issue is around the country. And
1: how are we doing? I guess that's another topic I wanted to touch on a little bit was how are we doing on like, Like the outskirted areas for BHA Minnesota. Like how are we doing? Like like Brainerd Lakes area, I know it's been talked about a little bit, but like Ely and like the, let's say anywhere up in like the Iron Range and stuff like that. Like what's a membership like up there and how active are they or what are they doing up there? Have you seen much?
0: So we just had our annual chapter goals meeting last weekend and we kind of got our our layout of what the demographics of kind of where people are based and who's engaging and those kind of things just laid out for for the season ahead of us and i think we were right about uh, mid 1600s as far as membership, it was like oh, wow. 1650 mm-hmm. for membership. I think when I signed up, it was like
1: 178. Yeah,
0: I want to <laughs> say I was like number 107 to join the state <laughs> chapter in 2016. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I mean, it's totally blown up. Yeah, um, to be that high is, is huge for us, and I want to say somewhere like around uh, like 1100 of it is in the greater metro area. Oh, yeah, okay. um, and then. The, uh, the rest is probably, you know, in the, um, I would say of that, you know, like I said, maybe a thousand in the greater metro area. And then you've got another big chunk kind of in the Rochester area oh okay. um, of, let's say, another two, three hundred. Wow. Um, and then probably another two up in the Duluth area. So okay. you've got kind of these like three, you know, bigger city centers, yeah. if you will, of where our membership is kind of. Kind of uh, based, the and then the state. rest are kind of peppered throughout the state. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. are kind of the, the big centers. And again, trying to reach out as much as we can without burning out our our dedicated, um, whether it's BHA board members or staff or the super members who are willing to, you know, maybe take the bull by the horns and host their own event. Yeah. We don't always want to be sending them to, to Marshall, to yeah. Ely, to, you know. We want people from those areas to... Engage us and say, "Hey, we'd really like something to happen, and we'll make it happen." Yeah, but they've got to lead it. Yeah, and that's really—I mean—that's been the biggest hurdle so far is just getting them to to speak up and want to do that. Yeah, I mean, we're here if if they want to do that. We just need to know that you, you're interested in happening and making it happen.
1: Yeah, because you can't keep asking, and you can't keep because eventually it's just going to get annoying. It's just like any other. Like, I've gotten three this last week from conservation organizations where they send the thing send me money kind of thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'll do it like once or twice. <laughs> but after I get like 10 a year, I'm like, ah, I'm done. Because <laughs> obviously you need the money, which is great. And I'm going to help you out when I can. But if you're asking me constantly, eventually I just realize it's just not
0: going to stop. That's so. something that, I mean, our president and CEO, Lantani, has said before, and I've tried to make known to our Minnesota membership too. You know, there's kind of three things that make the wheel go around. And it's, yeah, obviously as a non-profit organization, your money helps. Yep. Your money is going to help us to have more events and get the word out and staff the the actual paid members to keep it rolling. Yep. So yeah, the money is great. Um, your time is huge because uh, as, as a BHA staff, we're all unpaid volunteers too. Yeah. So yeah. we need other people's time to help dedicate, to run events, to you know, make people know more about it to teach more people about the organization.
1: Yeah, and I think there's something to that. And there's also something to just burn out, you know. that's huge. When the membership was a lot smaller, the volunteers you saw at the events were always the same volunteers. For sure. And you go to events now and you don't see those volunteers at them as much because they're probably pretty burnt out, you know, because it is a lot to take on. And, And for a little while there, it seemed like, it seemed like there was something going on like every two weeks. Yeah.
0: And if you're a volunteer that's there all the time, you're yeah. really, you, Last sure. year, we had something like 22, 24 pint nights. Oh, God. So it was like every couple of weeks, we had one, and it was yeah. just burning people out. Yeah. So, I mean, the time thing is huge. So we've got money, we've got the time, and the third thing we need, which is almost easier, is your voice. Yeah. So even if you don't have the time to commit to coming to an event or showing up to run one, when we have some poor legislation come out or someone is proposing something in your area, we're not going to know about it unless you reach out and let us know. Yeah. And then we can activate and and put out a letter as the BHA board or as the organization and tell other conservation organizations about it and push that out. Like you are our, our ears and eyes yeah. around the state. So you have to let us know. So the voice is invaluable. We need yeah. that even more than the money and the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I've been I've actually had those conversations with Land where some stuff was going on in Montana that I saw and I reached out to him right away and he's like, Yeah, we're aware of it, we're watching it, but thank you. You know, it's great to see that people are actually watching this stuff and so yeah, I could see that for sure. And that's I think like it shows Minnesota's done a really good job. Um, we've been recognized nationally for our commitment to BHA and the stuff that you guys have done,
0: which is phenomenal yeah i mean and i think aside from michigan who's very close to us we're the eighth biggest chapter in the country that is insane yeah that is so unbelievable and to think like you said in less than four years ago we had maybe maybe 200 members yeah, it wasn't many
1: well kudos to you Aaron.
0: yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, i definitely didn't do it alone there's way more people well, yeah, behind pulling the strings it's, that it's
1: pretty awesome to see and yeah they make me look really really good yeah, uh, events coming up. So we got I think the first one we can run through is the public grouse Film fest. Um, do you want to kind of run down what that is, what we're what it's involving, who it's involving? Kind of
0: that kind of business side of it? For sure. So <clears throat> Public Grouse Film fest was a kind of an idea conception that sort of came to fruition last fall. We hosted an event in Duluth with uh, Nick Larson. Oh, that's the one Chad the guys, was
1: supposed to go to, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it
0: <laughs> What happened, Chad? <laughs> well, my,
2: what was it, my bearing? It, your whole control arm broke yeah, off. <laughs> snapped off. That's how, okay, that's how it was. So, because I was supposed to be the our delegate, and then I think I texted you, I was like, I can't go, I can't drive.
1: I'm that's like, why you didn't get called for yeah, Fast
2: and Yeah, <laughs> it was a whole thing, so, like,
0: we, that was, I had been telling, you know, our staffers that it was like, no, that, so... it's fine. Chad's our guy on the ground. <laughs> and then it was like, Chad couldn't show up. And I was like, yeah. oh, now, now what? <laughs> so uh, no, I mean, it worked out. It sounded like it was a great event, but yeah. uh, Nick Larson of uh, Project, Project Upland, Upland is, was the one who kind of brought that whole thing together and made it happen. Yeah. So he talked with BHA staff there and kind of got the wheels turning on this event. So what it is, if anybody's ever been to, you know, another kind of hunting film tour type event, hunting film tour or full draw film tour or um, fly, fly fishing. fishing film tour or a similar thing. Uh, but this is a single film made by the Project Upland guys. And... Um, obviously there's some, some backer sponsor kind of things with, I think Yukon and on X and BHA collaborated with them on this because um, the, the idea of like public grouse has really not been showcased yeah. um, and put a spotlight on like grouse is kind of always this thing that like, Hey, I'm out elk hunting and maybe I'll shoot a grouse yeah. or maybe I'm up in the boundary waters fishing and maybe I'll do a day of grouse hunting. But like to really focus on the public grouse, which like nobody private lands grouse hunts. Like it's I a, do. It's, well, <laughs> <Yeah. okay. laughs> we dabble. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a fewer and farther thing between. Yeah. I think yeah. the the public aspect of it. Yeah, is, public
1: public grouse hunting to me is the vital. Yeah, it's 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 important because it in like the public grouse thing is great. Uh, but I think the the thing with public land grouse to me is like anybody with a shotgun can go do it. That's the cool thing about yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's and it doesn't like dogs are great, but you don't need a dog to, to grouse hunt. My private hunt last year was all dogless. It was during deer season. Yeah,
2: right? I mean, <laughs> shot a deer it's and I was like literally. They... Well, speaking on rough grouse, it's probably the yeah. most accessible. Yes, in Minnesota. Yes, uh, probably in other states too. Um, whether it be sage grouse or um, I think blues are pretty sharpies. That yeah. might be a little difficult, but yeah, I mean, accessibility, if you have a gun in Blaze Orange, you can just go do yeah. it. Right.
0: Um, yeah.
2: So, anyway.
0: So, yeah, we're uh, we're in collaboration with, uh, the, like I said, with OnX and P- uh, Project Upland on this film tour event. They're hitting 20 cities around the country, and it's like a sort of seven part or seven species across everywhere from Montana to Appalachia. Yep. And they have this one-hour film, and kind of run through how and where it is to hunt public grouse across the country. Nice. So it's a really cool film tour. Uh, the Minneapolis date is going to be in Heights Theater in Columbia Heights on February fifth. Okay. So just after this sounds like it's going to come out.
1: Yeah, it's to be the week. It'll be the week after. Yeah. After so right? we're Powerful. really
0: excited to nice. to be a part of that, and again showcasing the upland side. I think a lot of people uh, see BHA and they see. The, the big western big game kind yeah. of stuff. They think the elk. They think the mule deer. They think bighorns and moose up up yeah. north. And yeah. you know maybe the the eastern side of it doesn't get portrayed as much. So it's going to be a really cool way to portray the and and put a spotlight on the upland side of BHA.
1: What about
0: uh, is RGS or
1: American Woodcock Society or anything like that involved in it? Then
0: I believe RGS is okay. Um, I'm not sure about Woodcock, but I'm pretty sure um, RGS is involved be. as yeah. well. They yeah.
1: go hand in hand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If one of them's yep. there. They're both there. Yeah, that's yeah. good to know then. Yep. Yeah, because they, uh, I think I think Onyx added, didn't they add like an RGS filter now or something like that? I thought I heard something like that. Did they really? Yeah, yeah I think sure. you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. So that's uh you said it's a one hour film and then Heights Theater. Is there anybody else there? Are they just showcasing just a one film,
0: do you know, or how is that? Yep, it's just the one film okay. uh, that they've taken a lot of time. Like I said, Nick and Project Upland has taken a lot of time, obviously hunting yeah. seven species across the yeah. the country took a lot of time to and film their films decently. are their and films are really well. Beautiful done. films, yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: And then the next big one and sticking to upland hunting is pheasant fest
0: yeah Um, yeah pheasant fest is gonna be uh be back in minneapolis this year so i I got a chance through where i work i work with irish setter boots um who sponsors pheasants forever yeah so i got a chance to pheasant hunt on south dakota with or with pheasants forever this year nice and got to really know a lot of the pheasants forever guys on a professional level and um you know spend a camp with them yeah and just a super good group of folks, and they're they're so passionate about their dogs and their birds yeah. and those relationships. And I'm not a huge upland guy uh, originally, so for me to see that side of it was again a whole new style of hunting that yeah. I hadn't necessarily experienced. So just another new thing that I get to tack onto my board for this year. But um, getting to know some of those folks and then now being able to be involved in Pheasant Fest, <clears throat> they said that. Uh, you know, this is always in Minneapolis because Fence Forever is based out of Minnesota. Yep. is always by far their biggest event, and they're hoping I think for thirty thousand people this year, God, that's which is a big wow. trade show. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it's and it gets a lot of hype because even last year, and you were in Arizona, I think, or just got back because yeah. I asked you about going because it was down in Chicago, and I've yeah. got buddies there that. Are, Chefs and stuff. Okay, let's go take a trip to Chicago. Right. Let's make a weekend out of it. But it will be nice just driving down the street this <laughs> year. <the> con- <laughs> Is that the convention center, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be super nice. I know I'm volunteering there on Friday. Um, we've got some stuff with the podcast that we're going to be doing during the event too. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. So they have they have a – don't they have like a public lands area? Yeah, so like Public Lands Corner. Or every
0: something year, it? it seems like their trade show focuses on sort of a theme, mm-hmm. as a lot of these trade shows do. And this year is a Public Lands theme. Oh, nice! So I again, between some of the other uh, partnerships uh, that we have, uh, PF is a is a super close partner uh, with BHA, and again, our our missions kind of go hand in hand yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, you wouldn't have a lot of the pheasant hunting that you do without public lands. Yep. Um, so that's that's huge to both of our missions. And so we were asked to be a part of this year's Pheasant Fest. Yep. And um I, I know our president and CEO, Land Tani, is close buddies with Howard Vincent, the president of uh, pheasants forever yep. and really looks to him as a mentor as as an organization and kind of a, a steering point is where he i think would at some point like to see bha mm-hmm. and um so i know he that that relationship is something that kind of fostered and has grown and that's for that reason we got asked to be part of pheasant fest this year so the minnesota chapter um will be showcased in what's going to be called the public lands pavilion oh, okay that's so the was, yeah. whole Public Lands Pavilion is a special area of the the trade show floor focused on groups like BHA and other organizations, other ch- uh, brands that are very central to the Public Lands mission. Okay. And so anybody in that kind of section is very focused on their Public Lands mission. So you'll have groups like OnX and... Um, I know there's, there's a few others that I'm totally spacing on. I believe Orvis is going to be in there, some of the other you know, that, names that you think of when you yeah. think of Upland or you think of BHA. I'm guessing
1: Filson will be Filson in there. probably,
0: yep. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's a, I know a bunch in there. It's, it's too many to name right now, I know. Yep. Um, but we're super excited to be part of that, and that's going to be something new for us.
1: I plan to be there, like I said, Friday, um, and I plan to take my kids down there another day because it's just they have the dog parade. They do a lot of cool stuff at pheasant fest that for like fam, like people with kids, it's, great. They have a ton of stuff for kids Yeah, to do and That's it.
0: one thing that's really cool about Pheasant Fest. It's totally an everybody-come-one-come-all yeah. show. You know, Even if your wife doesn't are, hunt, it's still <laughs> it's a cool super, event. Yeah, Oh, I'm making my wife come, for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, one of these days, she'll get tricked into it and she'll decide that she really likes it. It's Friday's Valentine's Day, so I'll just take my wife I, I, uh, <laughs> I, didn't realize, I didn't realize it was Valentine's Day when I signed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I kind of double-dipped and I didn't... I I'd, I'd, some Turkey spurs from a turkey I shot my first turkey a couple of years ago yeah. and had been sitting on these turkey feet that I didn't know what to do with. And so, <laughs> sitting on these turkey feet, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> they were just hanging out in the freezer. And I was like, Someday someone should do something with these. Yeah. And so, this year for Christmas, I made them into earrings. Oh, nice! So, my wife has now a pair of, and they're I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I feel like pretty good spurs, and so she's got some pretty solid spur earrings that she's got to have a place to show them off at. So I might make her wear her spur earrings if she's going to go to the show. Because that's funny. a place it's like insane. that is the place that they're going to oh, get appreciated. Yeah. Well,
2: and then there, some people might assume that those are actually pheasant spurs. And you're like, where did you yeah. get them? Yeah, these dinosaurs. That's, so
0: it's
1: that's funny you say that because I have my last two wild birds of the year. Remember I sent that video to you and Darren yeah. Whitey of the spurs? I was like, "Man, look at this bird. It's a be- big, beautiful bird. It was a it was a gorgeous bird and it had these little tiny spurs on it. And then there was another bird right next to it that the tail was just like gone and it just looked like crap and it wasn't big, it was colorful, but the spurs on it were just hogs. So I did a video in my garage of them hung up like, look at this bird, it's beautiful, look at these, and I'm zoomed in on their feet. My wife looked at that video while I was sitting next to her and she goes, God, what is the matter with you? People don't want to see that crap. (laughs) (laughs) So if I gave my wife pheasant spur and she'd probably kill me (laughs) with it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to Pheasant Fest. That is going to be such a blast, and especially after the letdown last
0: year of Chad Not being able to go. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Jeez. Well, that just means that there's that much more hype for it this year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, BHA, what are the big things we're looking forward to this year? What's going on right now? Where are some of the issues that people need to keep an eye on?
0: At this point, it's early enough in the year. It's kind of, with some things that are happening in politics right now, a little bit slower. It's an election year, so yeah. that's getting a lot more of the focus than necessarily any of the legislative conservation issues. So is that, not to cut you off, but is that a good time to sneak stuff in? It can be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of sort of a lame duck yeah. as far as trying to get anything through and really have people paying attention to anything yeah. major. Um, sometimes that can be a good way to, to kind of get something positive through a lot yeah. of times. I feel like with conservation, we're behind the eight ball and trying to fight some crappy legislation. Yeah. Um, but this might be a good time to, to possibly try and get something positive in. Yeah. Um, I know at this point we're just kind of keeping an eye out and making sure nothing uh, huge is coming out. Again, we did our, um, Chapter goals meeting last weekend, and the things BHA Minnesota is going to be focusing on this year is our R three efforts. We're going to be focusing on that recruitment, retention, reactivation mm-hmm. um, with uh, with the DNR again. We'll do our learn to hunt program that we've been doing for the last five years with the DNR in the fall for deer. Uh, I think we're going to try and work a lot more with the BHA national on um, what they do it's called a hunting for sustainability course okay um, and trying to emphasize that especially through uh, Kyle and the U of M club that's we're a good gonna idea. try and do some of that uh, wow. and push that sort of that direction and possibly doing some some maybe turkey hunting with that especially and Kyle being the avid waterfowler that he is maybe doing some some new hunter initiation through the eyes of duck hunting yeah getting that that that's going to be big Um, just keep
1: them over on that side of the state yeah (laughs) right (laughs) we'll keep them on the river
0: um and then uh as far as you know other things uh, conservation related it's it's kind of the alphabet soup right like we have lwcf we're trying to get that fully funded um chronic wasting disease cwd ais aquatic invasive species i mean it's all of these acronyms things that every year seem to be an issue.
1: Yeah, and it seems like it's not... And not to critique anybody's work or put anybody down for anything because I think it's one of those things that it's really complicated to get anywhere with but it just feels like it's just slowly getting worse and worse and worse and it's and not to say like I said I don't I know nothing about it not enough about it that I could say oh this is a solution but I just feel like it's
0: every year it's gonna get a little worse and a little worse until something breaks one really nice part about what the growth that we've had recently is we've had members who are passionate about certain passionate about certain issues reaching out to us and saying, "Hey, I'd really like to be the point person for this issue." Uh, specifically, for example, we have a gentleman who works in the uh, motorboat and like tournament bass fishing kind of world, and is very privy to a lot of the aquatic invasive species issues. Charlie, yeah, yeah, and uh, so he's he's been to a lot of the kind of town hall meetings and had conversations with lakeshore associations and the the lakes and rivers association groups that are basically the speaking voice for those lake associations and he's in meetings one-on-ones with those type of people showing them that we're not all just a bunch of you know jerk boat hunters or excuse me boat anglers who are throwing beers on the shoreline and you know blasting 250 uh outboards through their their shoreline and tearing up the the ground charlie's a great advocate for that he knows his stuff he does from both sides you know he He, knows that there's a time to paddle in and uh, appreciate the solitude of of a lake and river he understands a fishery and the ecology behind it but he also knows that that's not necessarily for everybody he's
1: more active in fishing than anybody i've ever met So I think that's a very key part of it for him too. He's a
0: huge tool for us, especially in Minnesota and as crucial as lake culture is to us. And realizing that if you are an angler, it's, it's not, you're probably not going to exclusively fish out of a canoe. Yep. Like there's so much access to be had that's not that way. That we can't ostracize those boat anglers or those ice fishermen. Yeah. And those are both ways to access our public waters that need to be addressed and need to be welcomed. Yeah. BHA,
2: I think, more so strives on the hunting aspect uh, versus the angling aspect. Um, and we are, as you said, uh, definitely an angling type of culture. Well, any state around the Great Lakes is going to be that way. Um, but to a greater extent, I feel like we're mostly deer hunters, at large then um it might get into uh freshwater fishing and stuff like that but we don't really i feel like we're not addressing a lot of that aside from maybe the the boundary water so as uh and maybe i'm overstepping a little bit but uh is bha taking um more of a stance as far as Uh, access for even uh, our streams and stuff like that for trout fishing. Um, uh, Other lakes where it may be difficult to get access to. Um, Those kind of efforts. Is that even on the radar or?
0: Certainly. Yeah. So I believe it was probably in 2018. I hope I'm not wrong on that. BHA recognized that issue and especially out west which we can come back to but they hired a stream access coordinator uh, rob parkins who has been dynamite as far as uh, working on specifically the water access issues and that was that was something that they noticed as an organization and said hey this needs to we we understand yes there's a lot of public land issues but there's a lot of our country that can be accessed not, I mean, maybe it's for hunting that you can only get to by a canoe or that by float. Um, but there's, there's so much water to be had and used. And in our state, especially that's giant. We actually have really good access laws here in the state. Yeah, we do. Um, so we're very lucky that way. But as, as somebody speaking from BHA, I've been to those other states, um, whether it's South Dakota or Wyoming to where, I mean, someone like someone like Wyoming, if you're floating the river and you get snagged on a shoreline, the landowner A and landowner B that own either side of that river actually own up to the center line of that river. So if you get snagged on a shoreline or even want to drop an anchor or you step a foot into that river you're and now you're trespassing, yep. which is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, the, maybe the water is public that's flowing through, yep. but a lot of times... You'll find some somewhere where landowner A and landowner B on either side have worked together or you get one landowner who owns both sides and they put a gate across yep. open water. And now that river is now closed off to the public and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so getting those type of access issues addressed. And yes, maybe we don't have as much of that here, but understanding that. And maybe it's a part of a Minnesota nice thing that we don't have yeah. that here, but and people are pretty willing to to kind of let you use the waterways as they're intended. Yeah. But seeing those type of access issues and going, well, that happened there, and it's a real issue there. So yeah. let's not let that become a cautionary tale.
1: You see it here in Minnesota too, um, trout streams especially. Yeah, because they Minnesota. seem
2: they seem to be a lot of farmers. Maybe more so, them. yeah, disappearing. <laughs> Than anything, so, yeah. and it
1: and it's it's tough because it's one of those issues of, well, technically I should be able to just go over this fence, yeah. And once you use their fence, I think then it turns into a trespassing issue or something. There is yeah. some funky loophole in it, yeah. Um, and that's and you are right, and Aaron's right. Like dude, as far as access goes, Minnesota's got some of the better stream access, water access laws, and, but yeah, I think
2: were you leaning more towards like gaining. New access. I just kind of wanted to know what BHA is taking a stand on as far as angling, um, yeah. because again, we we talked about um, R three the R three effort with um, deer hunting um, and other aspects. Uh, angling too is that an option is that something that because yeah, uh, we don't really do much for like
1: learn to fish kind of yeah like, like, not yeah I mean, and, and
2: you're, you're completely right um and even with women too because women is uh that's a um i feel like a a pretty large focus in any um any of the conservation nonprofits, yeah. dnr um etc it's it's very much let's let's bring everyone into it um and how easy is it with fishing too yeah
1: fishing's a good start maybe that's something that maybe that's something you guys have to talk about this year for next year or whatever but that's a really good point there isn't much of it i mean there's a lot of other programs um but i know like down south it's getting really popular to do like the street to stream kind of thing taking people from like the inner city and taking them out fishing and that's like their way of like realizing like hey there's a world outside of our world kind of thing Mm -hmm. and i think that would be a Super good initiative to do here. Orvis
0: did a really good initiative, which was their 50 50 on the water campaign last year, trying to get a a 50 50 ratio of men to women on the water. Yep. Um, And so we worked with them on a campaign uh, with Ashley Peters. They did a film last year, uh, again showcasing women on the water. Yeah. Yeah, and Ashley's awesome. So that was an easy sell. Yeah. She's she's great, and you know Orvis has been great as far as initiatives like that but no i totally agree that'd be something great to see more uh, of the fishing angle and that's something that charlie brandt has pushed with us as well that it's it's backcountry hunters and anglers yeah make sure you're not forgetting about that angling side
1: Yeah, and the reason i knew it was charlie is because i was at an event with him and something a question was raised about water access or something water with a I don't remember what it was, but I turned around and it was Charlie. And then later on, I was at another event and somebody was talking about something and Charlie kind of interrupted. It. And he's like, yeah, what about the fishing side of it? And I was like, Oh boy, this guy knows what he, he must
0: be serious. I like to push the fishing side. And, sure. I've, got, and I've
1: gotten to know Charlie since, and he's a great guy. And like I said, just a perfect advocate for it. Cause yeah, he he's really awesome. knows his stuff.
0: He takes care of his stuff and he makes sure that he's following the rules. Well, and we talked about, this year really trying to maybe not this specifically this winter cuz we're kind of sort of winding down yeah. knock on wood hopefully and don't <laughs> jinx myself and we end up with a, an april <laughs> blizzard again but um going uh and and speaking with the the um ice angling crowd oh yeah but i mean ice fishing doesn't have a rocky mountain ice fishing foundation no. so you you don't have ice fishing without public access yeah so, and mm. as soon as you touch the water, you're on public ground. Yep. So really advocating that all of those ice anglers could be advocates for BHA as well. Yep.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. a booming industry too. Yeah, it is. Too it huge. keeps
0: growing because
1: again, like grouse hunting, you don't need much for it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, twenty dollars
2: will get you. Well. You well, need a little bit more Depends that. on how thick the but, ice is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or if you come up and somebody's walking away from a hole. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, you don't need much. A
0: guy with a- It's a, accessible. In it's high school. The everyman's Yeah. yeah. Me and activity. my buddies
1: in high school working part-time jobs for minimum wage, built an ice house and bought an auger and started ice fishing yeah. on our yeah. own. And yeah, it's a super accessible thing. So um, we're kind of running low on time now, but let's talk a little bit about like- big plans for the future? I know we talked a little bit about like going after the ice crowd and stuff like that, but is there any big things going on in BHA, like any big news you want to get out or um, things you
0: want us to watch closely or anything like that? I would just tell folks to to kind of keep an eye out for us. Um, Again, we can't be everywhere. There's only a handful of board members and we'll get to as much as we can and be as many places as possible, but we need... We need the on the ground, the boots on the ground advocates to reach out to us when there are there are issues, or when we're doing well. Yep. You know, we, we love hearing that as well. Um, anybody can always reach out and say, you know, it's Minnesota at BackcountryHunters.org, and as one organization, uh, or or one state chapter, we have the ability to be fluid and yep. work very collectively as one organization. So those emails are gonna come directly to me. Yep. And I get to be the person to to field those and find the right person to hopefully help you out, whether it's an issue or hey, maybe you just want to get into this new thing. Let's let's get you into it. Let's yep. get you more involved and we can find a way to get those people involved. Um and maybe you just have an idea. Maybe you have yep. an idea of I think BHA should do more of this or take a stance on this. We're not going to know what our membership is, and we can't work for our membership without them doing that. Like I said, politics, there there isn't really at this point anything kind of coming down that's super negative. Yep. So hopefully we can make this a building year and yep. and really grow the organization outwards and, and engage those members that we have.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I think you're doing a great job of it, and um, and I will attest that Aaron and the board are really receptive. So if people do that's reach great. out with ideas— um, they they do take them seriously, and if they think it's a good idea, or if they vote that it's a good idea, you will see it implemented. So, um, yeah, I think it was two years ago we talked about ways of gaining new members, and you guys started doing some of that stuff, and it 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 worked really well. One thing I think
0: it, I would tell. Folks, for, for this upcoming year, I mean, if anybody who is familiar with BHA is familiar with our idea of pint nights, yep. and it's been a really awesome way for a new organization to kind of get the word out there and involve some people who maybe wouldn't be V2 events we've had in the past, but this year we're kind of going to be, and I feign to say this a little bit, but that we're going to be moving away from the idea of strictly just pint nights And involving, uh, and we don't really totally have a name for it, but involving some more of a theme into some of our pint nights. So you might still be seeing some pint nights, but there might be a session beforehand I'm telling you how to tune your bow and then following it up with a pint night. Or, you know, we're going to teach you how to tie some flies and then following it up with a pint night. So really focusing in on uh, the people who don't necessarily just want to come out and bs and have a beer we're still going to get some of those people and then we want those people but we're really hoping to that the people who are interested in the fly tying part that's going to draw them in yeah. more or the people who are interested in bha's take on uh let's say orienteering i know yeah. we want to do an orienteering course yeah. or tuning your bow or you know up uh upland hunting or public elk you know 101 kind of things yeah. we want we want to draw in new people interested in specific topics. And we're going to try and do a lot more. So keep an eye out for some of that coming this year.
2: Backcountry First Aid. Yeah,
0: love it. Love yeah. it. Let's do it. After our podcast oh. with uh, <laughs> Paul. <laughs> that always concerns me now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's a good we're idea. We're super excited about that idea and feel like it's a new way to to draw some people, oh, again, yeah. who are going to be very passionate about the thing that yeah that they're the reason that they're there for bha
2: you're diversifying the the membership then yeah. uh really casting the net broadly to right. make right sure you're not that coming you're because it everyone. happens to be
0: a bha event you're coming yeah. because it's a fly tying event well yeah. and then and tying bha to that or
1: there's, there's more to it, to, it to it when yep. it comes up in the future for them or when they see that fly or whatever it is you know there, there's going to be more tied to it than just hey i went and had a beer and talked to some great people that's yep you know you can do that any night, anywhere. Yeah. Doesn't yep. have to be a pint night for sure. Well, so. it's
2: easier to have conversations with people too. Yeah, when you're actually doing something, doing something versus yeah. you got a, then you, you, a group of people in a in a circle talking and sharing stories, and so yeah. I, like you're not going to be able to necessarily always get into that circle. If the theme is, them.
0: you know, just public lands and hey what's your next hunt this year that's one thing but if it's uh, like yeah. hey what kind of bow do you shoot what yeah. kind of pounds yeah. do you shoot you yeah. uh, know how did you do this about your bow How oh, i i do it this way yep yeah. those are going to be a lot deeper conversations and you're going to develop a lot better relationships I think that way that's a
1: great idea and i think that's a great uh I think it's a great plan moving forward, and I think you guys got a lot of good things in the works, so I'm excited to see kind of how it all works out. And, thanks. Yeah, and thanks for coming on again. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit beforehand. I think we make this a yearly thing, just, you know, pump away at it right at the beginning and like right at the kind of key moment, for sure. Or right yeah. before a little, public state of the union before yeah. the year yeah. kicks yeah, do, off. Yeah, do a little bit of that and just kind of run through everything so people are aware and people know what's going on for the year. And
2: so, really quick, um, the public grouse film that's going to be coming out very shortly. So, there's are there still tickets available there for are. that? Yep. Okay, there's still tickets so,
0: available. I think last I saw, um, there was still probably hundred-ish tickets okay. still available. Yeah. So people should definitely get on those. I know there's a few different packages available. You can buy just a straight-up ticket. You can buy a ticket with the BHA membership, or you can buy a ticket uh, with an OnX membership okay. as well. So there's a few different packages. Just go to BHA's website, uh, backcountryhunters.org, and you can find that uh, those tickets under events.
2: Perfect. Cool, and then Pheasant Fest too. Um, that is February fourteenth
0: through sixteenth. Correct. Yep. Right.
2: Um, what day are you are you going to be there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> I plan so BHA is having a pint night in true fashion, mm-hmm. uh, on the night of the thirteenth, so Thursday the thirteenth. Okay. And we're pretty excited. There's some pretty big names coming to Pheasant Fest this year. Again, CEO Lantani will be there. Um, Sam Soholt, if anybody's familiar with uh, the Public Land Bus. Project that he's been doing over the last couple of years. Sam's going to be there uh, with his bus, and the keynote speaker this year is Randy Newberg. Yeah, and so we're hoping to to see if we can't snag Randy at some point during the weekend. I know cool. that he'll probably be doing something out of the BHA booth. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot going on that weekend, so we'll be there. Basically, I'm living in Minneapolis that weekend yeah. from Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. Right on. Just yeah.
2: making sure if anyone wanted to come chat with you, uh, like if you're at the At the booth, are you working the booth? Yeah, I'll I'll be kind of
0: hopping around both between the booth and uh, I might do a little work for Irish Setter as well because they're a sponsor for Pheasants Forever. So I'm going to be kind of all over the place, but people can certainly reach out and find me or or pop by the BHA booth and someone there will know how to find me. Yeah, and then finding you on social media too. Yeah, Uh, so it's BHA uh, underscore MN on Instagram. Perfect. Facebook is Minnesota back Minnesota chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, um, and yeah, again, I'm pretty regular on both of those. Mine is just Aaron Haybison uh, at Aaron Haybison and my name on Facebook. So
2: awesome! All right, Perfect. well, we'll be sure to plug all that information uh, in our show notes too. But Aaron, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah this is great. Yeah, sure, guys, again.
0: appreciate it. Always a pleasure.
2: And that is all. Uh, Go ahead and rate and review and
1: all that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and hit the subscribe button. Please. And hit the subscribe button.
0: The Contact Outdoors crew would like to send out a sincere thank you to all of our listeners. The Backcountry Dreaming Podcast is brought to you by Contact Outdoors and directed by Brian Holberg. Original music and audio production by Dakota Rankin.
2: Connect with us online. Links to our website, Instagram, and Facebook can be found in the show notes.